This podcast is brought to you by ThriveFantasy.com, also available in the Thrive Fantasy app. Are you looking for a new way to DFS? Thrive Fantasy is the perfect place. Thrive is the newest and best prop betting DFS site and app out there. They've taken top 20 players. They've given you a stat of that player, and you predict whether they'll be over or under that stat. For example, will Todd Gurley rush for more than 100 yards this week against Cincinnati? That's that's all. You pick the over, the under. You get points, you win. You win, you get money. There's another way to get money. Use code ATB at sign up. You get a free $10 on your first deposit. Free $10. Nothing you got to do but deposit money and play. Here's something better. Later in the episode, we're going to tell you what plays we would make. But this podcast is brought to you by Thrive. Go check them out at thrivefantasy.com or in the App Store. This podcast is also brought to you by Anchor.fm. Anchor.fm is so easy to use. It's simple, it's fast, it's effective. It's the easiest way to distribute your podcast to every major platform and in the quickest way. I've gone through other websites to host podcasts, and it's a pain in the butt. Anchor does it for you. Join Anchor.fm and do your podcast the right way. And if you're looking to start a podcast, contact one of us at ATV Sports, as we're looking for podcasters for nearly every professional sports team right now. If you think you'd be a good fit, you can also apply at our website, www.atbsports.net. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Thank you for joining the ATB Podcast. Once again, I'm your host, Chandler Adams. Joined today by the lovely Eric Goose Kiesler. You can find him at ATB Goose on Twitter. And the glorious John Kaufman. You can find him at Cleveland Spider with a Y. Cleveland born and bred. But he's not always a homer. Just most of the time. So am I. He's got logic. I don't. We're here to cover a lot of things for you guys today. We've got chalk it up or erase the board. We've got best bets. We've got Thrive DFS, our new partner in crime. Thank you again, Thrive. And then we got the fantasy app. We're going to go over some DFS stuff with you guys, and I hope that you're ready to rock and roll, gentlemen, because I'm ready when you are. I am ready. All right. On that note, let's get right into it with some chalk it up or erase the board. My first question is for hmm, Eeny, Meeny, Miny, Eric. Bring it. Josh Allen will tear it up this Sunday against that atrocious Philadelphia Eagles secondary. Chalk it up or erase the board. Erase the board. I hate to do it to you, Bills Mafia, but Josh Allen is all heart, and he's all guts, and his skill level is bottom tier. So, Buffalo could win the game, but I don't like Josh Allen to put up a huge day passing. Philly's secondary is getting a little healthier, and at some point, 
they have to stop the bleeding. And I got to think after a big loss last week, they're going to protect at home. So erase right. the board. All right. I like it, and I like the reasoning. John, I'm going to throw you a curveball here. I know you weren't... Uh... I knew you weren't listening when I made these questions, so I got one that's uh, very relevant. All right. Will Michael Bennett Michael Bennett will be enough to help these Cowboys win the NFC East? Um that is interesting. So, yeah, that just that just happened today, correct? He just got traded today? Yep. Yeah. Um that's I mean, I'll go ahead and say yes that they are going to win the NFC East, uh, the Cowboys. I don't know if it's necessarily going to be because of Michael Bennett, uh, <laughs> but he's not. He's certainly not going to hurt anything, that's for sure. Um, I guess, yeah, I mean, I, I, I like I like the Cowboys uh, in the, let's see, it was a few weeks ago, after week four, um, wrote the uh, AFC and NFC grades article on uh, Across the Board Sports, obviously. Um and we talked about the current division leaders at the time and will they hold on, you know, by the end of the year, making trying to make predictions on that. Um, the Cowboys obviously were in first place at that time. They had uh, they were three and one. The only loss was the uh, to the Saints um, in that real close game on Sunday night. But uh, they had had those three wins against really terrible teams. And, you know, it was just, uh, you know, they looked they've looked pretty good, obviously. So but um but yeah, so I'll go ahead and say yes. Uh, they're going to go ahead and um, I like them slightly better than Philadelphia. I don't think obviously we have to worry about the Giants or the Redskins. Um, but uh, yeah, I like I like the Cowboys a little bit more. I think Dak's playing a little bit better than uh, Carson Wentz is at this point. They're obviously healthier. Um, you know, a couple weird losses and stuff. But last week really uh, they whipped Philly. I mean, whipped them. So and uh, they got back to. Uh, more play action. It looked a lot more like Kellen Moore uh, was involved with the uh, play calling, which is what happened the first three weeks. So I like that a lot. So yeah, we'll go ahead and say yes. It might not necessarily be because of uh, Michael Bennett, but let's uh, let's put the Cowboys. Let's chalk them up as the future NFC uh, East uh, winners. Excellent, excellent. You heard it here first from John Kaufman. Eric, Todd Gurley yeah. is a must-play in fantasy. Against that terrible Cincinnati running game, running D this week. Well, in season-long format, you have to play Todd Gurley just because of the matchup. It's a, it's pretty much a beautiful matchup. And DFS, you're looking at kind of a risky play. And I've been burnt probably two or three times by Gurley this year in optimal matchups. He uh, he always he always puts up. A respectable line, but he has not gone off once. So can he go off this week? He he could, but I'm gonna erase the board because I think he's just a middling play, which is it could burn me, but you gotta stand somewhere, so race the board. Alright. Excellent. John, the final chalk it up or erase the board. Marcus Peters will continue to play at this level. Ooh, that's a good one. Um, that's a good one. Um, let's say, well, are we saying the level that he played against Seattle last weekend? Yep. Erase the board. We're going to fervishly, feverishly, fervently erase the board. Yeah. Eric, when John was away from the keyboard, what did I say my answer to that needed to be? Who's Marcus Peters? Yeah, I love the answer, John. <laughs> I love the answer! 
<laughs> I know who. Ah! Recency <laughs> bias. Yeah. Chandler hates. Mar- no, he-, he hates Marcus Peters. He's Absolutely. not good. He could. He, he plays worse man-to-man defense than my dog, who doesn't know what the hell football is. Great, well, great, last great week, zone corner. Last week, I was just like, I was just chilling on my couch, and I was watching the TV, and I saw this guy jump around and take it to the house. I think his name was Marcus Peters. Oh, was he playing um, zone? Oh, yeah, he was. Yeah. He mm-hmm. looked pretty good, though. I mean, just in that moment, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Well, you want to know who else has looked good before? Uh, Josh Evan Allen? Turner in college, and then look at him in the NBA. So, <laughs> back to what John was saying. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, he does. Marcus Peters did uh, what he does, and uh, you know he, especially on that interception. I mean, first of all, that's going to be the worst throw that Russell Wilson makes all season long, for sure. I mean, we can easily, Absolutely. easily say that. So he makes one of those throws a year. Yeah, and he did it just, you know, off his back foot, you know, fading away, just threw a duck to the side. And that's Peters. That's what Peters does. He uh, he takes chances. He hangs out. He baits quarterbacks. He tries, you know, to, to make that play. And obviously when he's successful, it, you get that result. And, you know, he that was a big play in that game and a big turning point for them. But when he whiffs, I mean, you're just scratching your head going what you're you know, you're killing us out here. Like we're playing 12 on 10. It feels like sometimes. So yeah, it raised the board with that. I mean, he just, you know, it's one play. He got lucky. I mean, you know, it is what it is, but that's it. I'll tell you what though. Excellent. You know, all the Ravens fans were probably freaking out about that pick six. And then whoever pulled the trigger on that deal, instant gratification. Oh yeah. Just, just think if you're the guy that made that deal and you're sitting there watching that and then it's just like, boom, baby. No, there we need a we need a Star Wars meme with uh what's it called uh Yoda and the the should say underneath it the recency bias is strong with this one. That's what oh yeah, do. yeah, definitely <laughs> for sure. Welcome, yeah, absolutely to it's, overreaction it's theater. <laughs> yeah, I'm your host, that... Eric Geisler. <laughs> We're done talking about Marcus Peters and by what? God, let's do a whole pod on, show, on Marcus Peters. <laughs> I'm going to be very upset, and I'm the one that put the question in there, so I just want to move on. I haven't even so we're going the to. surface on Marcus Peters yet. Uh, the Marcus Peters Power Hour, <laughs> brought to you by Thrive Fantasy. Well, it all started in his childhood. It was a rough... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Eric, I'm not really liking your tone right now. Hey, I'm tired today, and I'm also depressed because week seven uh, kicked me right in the balls. I had my worst week by far in all formats. I had David Johnson in there. I started Tom Brady over Aaron Rodgers. It's like, I'm a little grumpy today, buddy. Well, week, I mean, <laughs> week seven can just go get bent. I mean, what? I don't know what that was, but that was just atrocious. So, oh, it was weird. I started playing fantasy NBA after that. It was so bad. <laughs> well, that sounds like we have a little ghost. So, uh, Eric. I, mm-hmm. Oh, sorry, not Eric. John. Yes, sir. We're going to move into the mailbag questions, and I, I, I'll i let I'll let you go second since you have three of them, two of them. Got the, yeah, three questions from two different people. Send them in. Okay, so I have a question from Austin T. Miller. I'm bothering me, trying to rickroll me again. That's a long story, but he knows what Austin I mean. Austin T. Miller beat me last week. He was 0-6. Quit giving him gratification. I had, I had Rogers and 
Edmonds on the bench, and that fool beat me. So, anyways, move on. Carry on. That sounds like it's your fault. Um, anyway, <laughs> mailbag question from Austin Team Miller. Can we get the mail sound, please, producer Chan? We got the mail sound. You guys can't hear it. <laughs> anyway, Austin Team Miller. I'm not reading it, but he basically asked, "Is OBJ a must sit against this Patriots defense this weekend?" And to make it short and sweet, no, but yes. If it's DFS, stay the hell, stay so far the hell away from OBJ that you can't even read his name. I mean, it's stay away. You should never play an offensive player DFS against the Patriots this year. I think that would be a bad move. However, if you're in a standard league, or peop, not not standard league, but if you're in a year-long league uh, with set teams, He's not that bad of an option. He's played well against the Patriots his whole career. Uh, his best game against the Patriots, I don't know the exact stats, but it's like four catches, 150 yards, one or two TDs. And this Patriots defense is spectacular, but they haven't played somebody with the caliber levels of the Browns, and the Browns have yet to put it all together. I'm not saying it's going to be this week, but at some point, whether it's this year, next year, the year after, the Browns team is going to have to put it together and click. And we've seen OBJ be the best slant runner in the NFL. And last year we saw Baker be a top five slant passer in the NFL. This bye week can prove a lot to the Browns fans. Um, so I think if it's DFS, sit that man. If it's standard league, I mean year-long league, I would play him unless you have extremely good option at wide receiver other than him. But I think if you're going to take a chance on a four-string guy like Al Lazard or OBJ, I would rather rest my piece with Odell Beckham Jr. playing bad. So that's that's my answer to that, Austin. We're going to send it over to John because I actually know he has a couple Browns questions, so it's a nice little transition of this. John, here's the mail sound. Let's get Beautiful. that first Browns question. Beautiful. Hey, real quick before we move on, let me – um, uh, so – talking about your question real fast um with obj i mean for you you don't sit him in a season-long fantasy league because that guy can make your you know the week happen on one play so one slam pass that he houses you know he could he could be blanketed they could be bracketed you know the entire game and uh i mean it you know maybe he only has two or three catches but if he has one for you know 74 and a touchdown i mean that makes it the second thing is um and this is for eric um Eric, you're better at DFS than I am. Is there any value in a week like this where we were talking about how there's some, you know, there's some weird um, prices and players and, you know, matchups and stuff like that? Is there any value like to pivoting to someone like OBJ in a crazy matchup just be just so you get someone who isn't, you know, one who's one percent owned in like a big tournament or something? Well, yeah, in the in the uh, GPPs. You can play Odell, and if you're the type of guy that plays um, a multiple multitude of lineups, so if, if you're a guy that's sitting out there with 10 lineups, you can absolutely play him just on the hope. But Fantasy Pros has him at wide receiver 17, so the two names ahead of him are Cortland Sutton and Robert Woods, and right behind him you got Shark and Allen Robinson. Um, that's a consensus ranking site. But uh, you can absolutely play him, but you do not want to play him in cash games. Hmm. Um Okay. It, it's a risky play. I I yeah. wouldn't do it because it's more for the shark 
who has <laughs> and he can afford to waste his money. Yep. I, I can't okay. do that. All right, I hate to that makes sense. I hate to be that guy, but John, we have to make these questions. You can for sure answer the questions, but uh, we're gonna have to answer them a little quick. A little quick. Okay, ahead. we're moving on. So, first question comes to us from uh, Brent Nybecker. He is uh, it's at Coach Nybecker on Twitter. Uh, he's a football coach at Bay High School. Uh, it's a suburb of Cleveland. Um, so his question is: With the Browns having a full extra week to prepare for New England. What do we need to see on Sunday to give us hope that Freddie Kitchens was the correct hire? Ooh, good so, question. yeah, really good question. Um, I think, well, two things, one quick answer and then one quick stat that I think will uh, hopefully ease uh, Cleveland's pain, so to speak, so far. So I think the first thing you need to do, we need to see um, them not getting, they need to not get handled. They need to go to New England and they need to play toe-to-toe I mean, no one's questioning that New England is a better team. I mean, obviously, that's apparent to everybody. But the Browns came into this season with a roster that has a lot of talent in a lot of different positions and in a lot of positions that really matter. And we really haven't seen them put together an entire effort. So if the play calling needs to be simplified, then simplify it. If things need to be made easier for you know Baker, if we need to get the ball out of his hands uh, quicker so that you know, it, the pass rush doesn't really matter. I mean, we watched New England do that to the Jets the other night. The ball was out of Brady's hands in two seconds every play. And it doesn't even matter if you can get pressure or not because you're not getting anywhere near him. And, you know, we watched them march up and down the field, obviously. So so I think that's, you know, you, you need to assess your team and you need to know what you do well and what you don't do well. And you've got to maximize the things you do well and try to hide the stuff you don't. And you got to go into New England and you got to play a game with a, a team that's better than you and, and just, you know, be in it. It's that simple. Um, the stat that I wanted to bring up which should help uh, make you feel better about it, uh, about the Browns. Um, so this is, uh, we talked about this last week too. This is similar. This is eight years worth of data, 2011 to 2018. These are road teams coming off a bye versus the spread. So, there have been 140 instances of this occurring in the last eight years. These uh, road teams are 83 and 57 uh, against the spread. That's a 59% cover rate. So you've got, you had your buy, now you got to go on the road. And we talked about this last week. Home teams in those situations are covering at a 41% rate, and the road teams are covering at a 60% rate. So, I mean, you, you've got, History would tell you that you've got a chance, that's for sure. Uh, and this is a big spread, 13 and a half. So if we're just worried about covering, sure, that's one thing. But obviously, if you're the Cleveland Browns or the fans, you want to win the game. So, Yeah. Yeah, great answer to a great question, Brent. Thank you. All right, John, what other mailbag questions you got for us? Uh, the other one we got here is the two-parter. This comes from Will Sisk. He's uh, at Endless Tailgate on Twitter. Uh, his first question is, will Marcus Mariota ever be a starting quarterback again? And my answer to that is no. Um, I, yeah, four years, five years in, I mean, you just he's not learning at all. I mean, if he's ever a starting quarterback, it's because he uh, is a backup somewhere and somebody gets hurt. You know, he's the Matt Schaub this week if Matt Ryan can't go, something like that. But, I, uh, yeah, I don't think so. And I, and I, I got to be honest with you, I'm stunned at that because coming into the league, I just – boy, did he look amazing. Oh, yeah. and, you know, no turnovers and just he looked – 
he looked electric. He looked really good, but he just he hasn't progressed a lick. So I think you know, uh, I think I think Denver will take him on because John Elway has shown that he loves <laughs> he loves shitty quarterbacks. So you're so right. Be, yeah. <laughs> all right, we could we could Broncos. shit on John Elway all we want, but we got to keep it going, Goose. <laughs> All right, uh, Will's, uh, Will Sisk's second question was, uh, how many more games does Mitchell Trubisky have before he loses his starting job? And I got to tell you, uh, I, I wrote about this exact issue um, on Across the Board Sports. This was, um, uh, I don't know, three, four weeks ago now, uh, talking about Trubisky and Matt Nagy and their, their play-calling issues and, and Trubisky's just not progressing at all. I mean, he looks like a rookie out there. Um, I, I, the organization, uh, traded up one spot for him. So they're invested in him. So he probably has a longer leash than he should have. Um, you know, if you just dropped a new head coach on that team and said, this is your guy and he's playing like that, you know, that new coach is saying, well, I'm not, I'm not getting fired because you guys drafted this, you know, stiff and he can't play. I'm not going down, you know, for that. But so I don't know. That's a tough question. I, 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 if it were me, I would yank him yesterday. I would have done it. I mean, he's just, he's not good at all, but yeah. I, it seems like he's going to get a little bit of a longer leash. So I, I would be shocked if he didn't finish out the season, to be honest. Yeah. I, if, and here's the thing, if you're the bears, you don't want to just throw in chase Daniels. Yes. He's a good backup, but no, he's not good. And he's not that much of an improvement over Mitch Trubisky. Um, they've, They've got to do something. I don't know if the draft is the right route either. I can see the Bears taking on Mariota because you need a game manager and you need him now. Khalil Mack and this defense are not getting younger. We're not getting cheaper. And QBs in the draft just aren't ready to lead a team right away most of the time. So I would like to see Mariota in Chicago because I think Mariota is actually a decent quarterback. I think he's been in a crappy system. I would just like to see if he could excel somewhere else. I don't know. He could end up being buns over there just as, just as bad. But that's where I'd like to see Mariota hmm. and what I'd like to see the Bears do. We're going to slide on into our best bets, talking about, the, um, talking about Mariota in Tennessee. Because my first best bet of the weekend, a team that – a game that I think everyone needs to look into, whether you make it or not, I don't know, and I'm going to pre- preface this. Whatever we say on this podcast, take it lightly. This is a, this is kind of a lock-in, but also a, just really look at it. And then on www.atbsports.net, Sir John Kaufman will have a best bets article that you best bet I'll be reading and taking <laughs> advice from, so you need to as well. But anyway, my first one is Tennessee versus the Buccaneers at home for Tennessee. They're a two-and-a-half-point favorite, so they're a three-point favorite, and I'm taking that all day long. Tannehill's proven to be this weird weird quarterback who's pretty good but sucks. I, I don't know how to explain him, but he played pretty well last week in his season debut, and here's the last five it, five games from the Buccaneers. They played Kyle Allen. They let him play really well. They ended up winning. They played Daniel Jones and the Giants. Daniel Jones played a hell of a game. They played the Rams. Jared Goff threw for like 7,000 yards, but he had three interceptions, so everyone thinks he had a terrible game. Uh, I mean, he did have a bad game, but the Buccaneers didn't play a good game. I guess I phrased that badly. 
They played the Saints. Teddy Bridgewater, who's not an explosive thrower, threw all over them. Then they played Kyle Allen again. They made Kyle Allen look good enough that people are saying, should we start Kyle Allen over MVP Cam Newton? Idiocracy. But now they play Ryan Tannehill in Tennessee. Tennessee has been disappointing ever since that week one matchup against the Browns. Tennessee's defense is personnel-wise top of the league. Uh, they have A.J. Brown, Delaney Walker, Derrick Henry, a lot of offensive weapons, Corey Davis. I think that Tennessee comes out and just spanks the Buccaneers' ass forward and backwards, runs all over them. Um, Sue and Vita Vea just aren't enough. And, yeah, I Tennessee, negative, not negative, two-and-a-half-point favorite over the Buccaneers. I'll eat that all day long. And Tennessee, Tennessee to me is a sleeping giant, and they have been for like three years. They, I love all their skill positions. It's insane how they haven't been able to get the ball to them. I thought AJ Brown was the best oh, yeah. receiver in the draft. Yep, same here. And me too. And I tweeted that, and people just just dismantled me because DK Metcalf has a good body and he's fast. <laughs> I mean, DK. Yeah, I ran. He ran two routes at mid will Miss. <laughs> and he's still running two routes. And just exactly, on, a, exactly. on a side note, uh, DK is a great DFS play this year since we just brought his name, or this week. Um, he's not safe by any means, but at Atlanta, come on now. Uh, oh, yeah. If you, if you need DK's price range, fire him up. Yeah, and that, with this Tennessee game, yeah, this is the last thing I'll say about it. Then we can switch on into a more interesting game than the Titans versus the Buccaneers. Um, but had Mariota still been starting, we would have watched possibly the two most disappointing quarterback prospects in the last 10 years. There have been players that have been worse than those two, but these two were, I mean, just the just the cream of the crop, according to everyone. Uh it amazes me that Jameis Winston's still a starting quarterback. He's done some very shitty things as a human being, not just an NFL player, like just a human being in general. He's a terrible human being. Uh, he can do that licking his fingers shit all he wants. He's an idiot. No one should respect him. He should not be a starting quarterback because he's absolutely terrible. Uh, but the, but this Tennessee team is very good. I, I call, I mean, they're going to finish 500 or better. They're in a bad division. The Colts are not going to withstand this thing. I mean, this is all me, my opinion, but the Colts cannot withstand this. Jacoby Brissett's not that good. Ryan Tannehill and Jacoby Brissett are actually pretty freaking comparable as players. Um, just game managers, and they are both structured around a pretty solid defense and good coaching staff. So I, this Tennessee, um, two-and-a-half-point favorites at the Bucks. I'm going to play that all day long, but – which one of you would like to discuss a best bet that you have this weekend? Um, I'll jump in there right now, and I'll go with the Rams. Now they're 13-point they're favorites, which is insane. But it's against the Bengals, and I've seen two Bengals games this year in entirety. No! And I saw about two blocks. So out of two <laughs> games, two blocks, that's Andy Dalton. Rough. Yeah, and Dalton <laughs> is dying. I don't hate Dalton. He, uh... You know, he could hop into Tennessee right now and dominate probably. But Ooh, that's someone I'd like to see on the Bears as well, Andy Dalton. Yeah, he's not going to cool. play for Tennessee. Um, now, if I the Bears Andy would Dalton make a deal, Bears that'd would be make exciting. Them a Super Bowl, Super Bowl contender. <laughs> but that, I mean, that, worst quarterbacks have won a Super Bowl. 
i.e. every Ravens quarterback that's won a Super Bowl. Trent Dilfer. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Joe Flacco. Oh. Correct. Dilfer was underrated, though. He was, he Yo, was but smart. No, no, no. Joe Flacco is a whole oh, tier yeah. above Trent Dilfer, you old bastard. Don't no, just dude. because you're old doesn't mean you can respect these 2002 Super Bowls. No. No. Flacco's <laughs> Trent the Dilfer. Sorry, what? He's Black. he's the worst Browns quarterback of this damn century. No, That's Dilfer saying had, something. Dilfer had his little things he he would do. He was clutch. He was a gamer. Flacco. I think I just got so upset there because he was a Browns quarterback, and I just sorry. A lot of memories came up. <laughs> I, don't, I don't really I, know what just happened. I blacked out. I understand. I don't, the rage. I don't know if that's ever been said before. Trent Dilfer <laughs> is underrated. That's crazy. Well, only because the hate. That. Only because the hate is so at such a high level. Like he he was mm-hmm. Jacoby he was the Jacoby Brissett of his era, Brissett is not terrible. He's not. Oh he's, he's median. Okay, you put in all the numbers, you average them together, you get Jacoby Brissett. I mean, it, mm-hmm. you put him on a good you put team, Jacoby he's good. Brissett. You put him on a bad team, he's bad. I mean, no, he is on a good team, and he's just playing. He's a playing a bit better than average. Okay, the stat got Eric. You'll find this out about me. Stats are absolutely fantastic, but I am a diehard, like what goes into it. He, we'll talk about, we got to keep going. We got to keep going. I'm sorry. I, I'm going off on a rant. I'm getting really mean. I just, Jacoby Percent, I, I am just not behind at all. Or, or Jimmy Garoppolo. I think just because they're descendants of that goddamn Patriots team, Jimmy G is worse than Jacoby Percent. Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo has been awful this year. He's been yeah, he's but- playing He's playing a whole tier below Baker Mayfield and Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen on PFF grades. And I know people say, PFF are just a bunch of nerds. Numbers are sh- nothing. I My eyes tell me the game. Well, buddy-o, pal, I'm not talking to you, Eric. I'm talking to the people out there that say that. Eyes don't see everything because you can't watch 22 players at once every single game. Because no, one, you assholes are on your phone watching the game. Two... You're watching the quarterback dance around. You don't see the receivers or the defensive backs. No, we've talked about that before. I've been bitching <sighs> about this. I've been bitching about this for five years. You can't even see the wide receivers when you watch an NFL game. So the the guy's taking a no. sack, and you have no idea if it's on the it's receivers. Co- There's so many coverage sacks that people just like. And I see. Sorry, I will seriously let you get back to what you're talking about. No, this is, Andy this is Dalton is crucified like he's a witch in Salem. During the trials, that man, first of all, gets .3 seconds to get a pass off. This is like three Mississippi against your brother in the backyard, but your brother's being a dick and going right away. Like <laughs> He's not having any blockers. A.J. Green's out. Tyler Boyd's been wildly underperforming unless they're down 40 points, and then he decides to show up. Alden Tate, who no one knew about until this year. I mean, last year against the Browns, he played pretty good. Just this 6'12 monster out there running around. They are just, oh my gosh, coverage sacks. Just absolute missed blocking assignment sacks. Andy Dalton is cursed. Andy Dalton is a pretty good quarterback who's been terrible because... One, he was overpaid, so people thought he's played bad. It's like an Olivier Vernon situation. You get paid more, and you don't play up to the standards of like an Aaron Donald. You get crucified. Two, he's never had a good offensive line in front of him. Three, he's had weapons his entire career, which people will say. But they've never all been healthy at the same damn time. Tyler Eifert, Tyler Croft, A.J. Green, Giovanni Bernard, Joe Mixon. They all get just... 
boom, 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 shot down on the field. Hamstring injuries, tur- turf toe injuries all the time to A.J. Green. Andy Dalton needs to go somewhere else. Someone needs to well, save that man because he's in Dalton. purgatory right now. Andy Dalton and Marvin Lewis both um, get no respect. And they, they basically had a decade of, of oh, very admirable play. I, I don't love Marvin Lewis, but that guy was impressive for years. And nobody yeah. nobody recognizes it because of the playoff losses. They're like the Clayton Kershaw of um, Yeah, I hear people say Clayton Kershaw is not elite. Like, shh, shh. Oh, I need to stop talking. You guys. Well, it is what it <laughs> is. The playoffs is a <laughs> microscope. It's a microscope. Whatever you do there. Yeah, everybody's is, watching. Yeah, it's more important to your. Yeah. For you listeners out there, sorry if your ears are on fire. I don't know how loud I was. I was trying to stay away from the mic. Well, but anyway, Eric, you're taking the Rams 14 point favorite against the Bengals. I like that. I it, like that. It, it's sorry a lot of points, I but just crucified. It's a lot. Of- it is, but. Todd Gurley, even though he's been injured, is one of the best running backs in the NFL. And he doesn't have the power or speed he used to because of his injuries, but he's still one of the smartest receivers out there. I mean, runners out there. And Jared Goff needs to have a game, and McVay knows that. They're going to put up points and get Jared Goff's confidence back. One thing I want to point out about this week, if you're a gambler, you've got 12 road favorites. And we have Ooh. almost every game between 5 and 15 on the line. So this is a tricky week to navigate. So maybe spend your money a little more cautiously this week. Road favorites are – they are what they are. They're road favorites. They're, it's tough. Mm, wait a minute. Say that again. We have 12 road favorites this week. 12 road teams favored. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's I don't think that's accurate. <laughs> Wait, I'm just making sure cuz I was like, Wait, let me check and see this real quick. Hold on. So it's Kansas no. Let's see. Kansas, Green Bay's uh favorite in Kansas City. Green Bay minus three and a half. Yep. And that's then a, That's a home team. The only, uh, the only the only home favorites are the Rams, the Packers, and the Seahawks. Um, the Colts, bo- 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 the Lions, the Bears. Well, Seattle's off the board for me because of the Matt Ryan injury right now. But so Saints. Minnesota's at home and they're favored. Jacksonville's at home and they're favored. The Colts, Tennessee, Chicago, New Orleans, Buffalo, Detroit. Uh, well, the Rams technically, you know, in London, obviously, but San Francisco, New England, Houston, well, have to, and Pittsburgh. I'm, I'm gonna have to throw shade at FootballLocks.com. Because I'm staring at it right now, and they have 12 road favorites. Maybe they fl- maybe they have it flipped on accident, but it, it, yeah, it's there big. are. I'll tweet it out. It's the opposite. Yeah, <laughs> it's actually the opposite. So it's only uh, it's only Green Bay who is a road favorite this week. They're minus three and a half at Kansas City. Everybody else and the London game. I mean, if I don't know who the home team is supposed to be in that, it looks. I think it's the Rams, but it doesn't obviously matter. So well, that's my but, fault for using this site and not cross checking. So oh no actually, no you're good. It's actually the opposite then. There's twelve. Yeah, there's it's a bunch of home favorites except for one, except for Green Bay. Okay. So and obviously that's only because uh, you know Mahomes is out. If Mahomes were playing, the Kansas City would be favored at home, obviously. So, which, but crazy, but but that, yeah, that was an odd thing by fantasy locks. You guys get a fat loss. Um, but so I took Tennessee at the Buccaneers three point favorites. 
Eric is taking the Rams, 14-point favorites at home. And, John, who's your first best bet of the weekend? All right, so we're going to take a look at the the Jets are currently getting seven points in Jacksonville. And the look-ahead line for this game, when this came, uh, so a week ago, before the Jets played New England, obviously, on Monday Night Football, um, the look-ahead line was Jacksonville minus four or four and a half. And so you're basically getting a field goal here extra because the Jets – you know, got whipped at home by the Patriots and Sam Darnold was talking about being spooked by ghosts. And that's all we heard for the, you know, the last four days. Um, and that performance was dreadful, obviously. And, you know, you can say what you want about the coaching staff for the Jets and maybe not putting, you know, the, the best personnel and players in the, in, on the right positions. And I mean, it didn't, it didn't look good, that's for sure. And I will be the first person to admit that one of my best bets last week was the Jets plus six uh, in the first half. And uh, the first half ended 24 nothing New England, so I turned that game off, and that was the end of that. But, uh, but yeah. So this week, um, I think we're getting too much of an overreaction from that. Um, you still have the Jets being largely more healthy uh, than they were at the beginning of the year. Um, I mean, Darnold... You know, I, I, I'm guessing, you know, it, I just, I just don't think you can have two horrible games in a row like that. Like he's just gotta, he's going to be a little bit better. The second thing is Jacksonville's defense is nowhere near, not even close to what uh, New England is, of course. And I mean, I, I just, I don't know. Sometimes like this stuff doesn't have to be really hard. Like do, just like do the thought experiment in your head where you sit down and say, how many teams in the NFL should Jacksonville be favored by a touchdown over? Like, I mean, Gardner Minshew is fine, but he's he's kind of he's plays he's as sort of as a the dead raccoon in the middle of July on the side of the road. <laughs> Jacoby so, Brissett I mean, is better than Minshew. No, I, I don't mean, buy into that. No! We've got all kinds of. No! I mean, I would agree that Brissett is better than him too, but uh, yeah. but there sample go, size is a problem. So, All right, so but, I'm going to finish the podcast alone. That was Eric. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but when it comes to, um, I mean, Minshew's come back down to earth a little bit. Like he hasn't been as accurate the last couple weeks. And again, I just, like I said, I just don't, I, I don't think, I mean, you can't take the Jacksonville side for sure. You can't lay seven points with Jacksonville. So you're either taking the Jets or you're passing entirely. So if you think that Darnold is, you know, just a bum and it's going to be another four interception or five turnover game, whatever, then you can pass on this one. But man, this is, this is three points too many to be given a team. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to take the Jets in this one. All right. You heard it here first. Take the Jets because this is what Vegas does to people. Th- everyone saw Darnold seeing Ghost, which, little side note, then we're going to get right back into it. It's okay that he said he's seeing Ghost. People are acting like Matt Ryan, established veteran, MVP of the league, went out there with Julio Jones and company and was getting killed by the Patriots. But that's not the case at all. Second-year Sam Darnold, who's played like a combined 14 games in the NFL, playing against one of the best defenses the NFL has ever seen, went out with no weapons outside of Le'Veon Bell, no offensive line, no defense, and had a very bad game. And he said, I'm seeing ghosts. 
Hell yeah, you were because your your coach was letting you get zero blitzed with nowhere to go, and Le'Veon Bell was on the freaking sideline running routes. That was on Adam Gase. I I am not a fan of Sam Darnold, and part of it is because I'm a Baker, I'm a Baker mob guy. Like it has to be Baker Mayfield or bust. Like no one else in that draft class. But like Sam Darnold has all the potential to be a good quarterback. He had a terrible game. Like everyone knows that's not Sam Darnold's how he normally plays. So that was a rant for anyone out there shitting on Sam Darnold, especially if you're a Baker lover and a Cleveland fan. Like I'm the same way, Baker till I die. But Baker's played like that every damn game this year. Just if he would have played against the Patriots the way he played against uh, half the teams this year, like the Titans, he played a lot better than his stat line said. But there have been games where he's just missed. He played if he would have played the way he played against the Jets against the Patriots, he'd have had four interceptions too. On to the next best bet, damn it! I'll actually just go because I have the Browns, a thirteen point underdog at New England. Take the Browns. I think that, that once again, Vegas is saying, we all saw what New England did. We all see how the Browns have played. And we saw them last time they were on Monday night. Like that, People still have that in their memory that don't get to watch the Browns every week. I don't think the Browns are 13 point worse than New England. If I'm going logical and I had to bet a large amount of money or bet my life on this game, I'd take New England 99 out of 100 times. But it's NFL Sunday. The Browns are a spectacular roster that cannot put it together. The Patriots have not played a single competent team yet. Now, the Browns haven't played competently, but if they can get around to that, I think a lot of people would be surprised at just how good they are. Like, they were hyped in the offseason for a reason. They're not all of a sudden a terrible roster. You don't need to make significant changes. You don't need to trade OBJ, Colin Cowherd, you idiot. You don't need to go out and get Trent Williams with all your first-round draft picks. This is not. A, this is my favorite saying. Some things just need baked. You can't microwave everything. But that being said, I like the Browns 13-point underdog at New England. I'm done with my rants. I'm going to black out from how many rants I'm having right now. Hey, hey, do you guys know – oh, sorry, real quick. Do you guys know where uh, that line opened up, the Patriots versus uh, the I'm Browns? I'm going to guess like six and a half. It was uh, New England minus 10. Oh. And so – you're at 13, 13 and a half. There's, there might even be some 14s out there. I mean, like this is the kind of stuff where, you know, th- that really matters, okay? Like I-, I understand that, you know, we've seen incredible play from New England, especially on the defensive side of the ball, you know, the whole year. And the Browns, you know, put it together for one game against uh, Baltimore and, you know, just absolutely trounced that team on the road. Um and then, you know, you have a win over the Jets, which against, you know, it was uh, – I can't remember the quarterback who started that game, but Luke Falk finished it, obviously, and that was a disaster. So, but um, – started that. Yeah, Trent, thank you. But so otherwise, you know, you, you, you've got two teams headed in seemingly opposite directions, that's for sure. But, but this is – when we talk about value in a spread, this is what we're talking about. I mean, the game opened up you, – you, a week ago you thought it was, you know, the Patriots should be favored by 10 points. And now you're going to give – Cleveland an extra three, three and a half, four. I mean, that's that's good value. And, you know, maybe they get blown out. Who knows? I mean, it seems to be happening every week with New England and, you know, but I don't know. Like we said, you know, Browns are a road team coming off a bye. Teams in that situation in the last eight years have covered very well. Now, of course, they're not playing New England every week, but, 
you know, you're getting, it's a lot of value there. So it's, that's important to know. That's why the look ahead lines are really important. You should always, whenever you're betting, you, you need to, you need to know where it's at now, but you need to know where it opened to, because maybe you're getting a ton of value or maybe it's all gone. That's really important to know. Yep. Eric, well, what, uh, with the Patriots yeah, too. Go, Eric. Yeah. I'm, I'm just hopping right in there. The, uh, the Patriots, what, you, you alluded to the schedule. It can't be understated. The schedule. They played the Steelers, Dolphins, Jets, Buffalo, Washington, Giants, Jets. Okay, nobody. Are those not offensive powerhouses, Eric? <laughs> they're they're pitiful. It's a, one of the worst schedules I've ever seen. And here's here's why I brought that up. Nobody downgrades the Patriots based on that schedule. But what you have to look at is their actions, which speak louder than the box score. They're they're clearly internally in a panic. They they made a deal for AB. It didn't work out. Now they traded a second-round pick for Sanu, which is overpaying. Now, it could yeah, turn out to time. be a good a good move, but they know they know there's issues there in Foxborough. They can't run the ball, um, so their play action isn't working like it used to. You really, just all, hate Sony Michelle. He sucks, dude. He sucks. <laughs> Look at the game last week. He had three touchdowns and he had like nine fantasy points or something. But uh, I'm just saying it. All they have right now is Edelman, and yeah. they're trying to address it. But I just – I, I'm not even talking about the lines right now. I'm just talking about NFL football. They're clearly yeah, they, working on something that they're worried about, and they were worried about it clear back to the offseason. And uh, yeah. they even need a tight end. They have no tight end. Um, if that defense ah! falls at all, they're in trouble. Yep. Yeah, they are. What? And I – uh, I, I completely agree with both your guys' points. But with that, we need to go on to one of your guys' best bets. Okay, mini, uh, mini, I'll take this one real John. fast. Um, so we're gonna look at uh, this, we're gonna look at the under in the Green Bay Kansas City game. So uh, Green Bay is in Kansas City. No Patrick Mahomes, obviously, and the total in this game is forty-eight. Uh, I don't I don't understand. That's way too high. I don't understand that at all. And we just saw uh, Rodgers do whatever he wanted to do on the field last week um, against Oakland, obviously. Um, they're on the road this time. Kansas City, obviously, is a traditionally hostile place. It's one of the tougher places. It might even be the toughest place to go play a game in the NFL. Um, the Kansas City's defense um, has been good, uh, average to good against the pass, but they've been really bad against the run. Um, they, they did help themselves out a lot, uh, last week. That's for sure. They started to play a lot better. They got to Flacco, um, you know, as far as, uh, you know, got a couple sacks and quarterback hits, pressures, things like that. Um, Lin, you know, uh, Philip Lindsay had a terrible game, obviously Freeman was okay. Um, he played a lot more, he played about, I think it was 60, 40 as far as uh, snap percentage between, um, uh, Lindsay and, uh, or, uh, Royce Freeman in that game. But um, but still, it, it it looked a lot better. That's for sure. And I think the bottom line is, if if you are Andy Reid and you've got to play a game without Patrick Mahomes and Matt Moore is your quarterback, then you need to slow things down and you need to run the ball. That's for sure. They don't um, have a running game. No, they really haven't. And a lot of that is, uh, I don't want to say by design, but Reid is calling way more passing plays than is necessary. Now, 
you look in the huddle and you see Patrick Mahomes and you think, yeah, I want to throw the ball in every down because why wouldn't you? And that makes sense. And, you know, he's, he's incredible, obviously. But, um, but they're, they had some against Houston and uh, even the Detroit game. I mean, they, they called something like a recalled, like 20 runs total in the second half of like two games or three games. It was a really, really crazy number where you're just going, I mean, you can't, you just can't do that. You've got to, you know, you got to be able to control the pace of the game and the tempo and stuff like that, especially without your starting quarterback. So, um, you know, if if Green Bay is going to have some success on the ground because Kansas City isn't very as good against the run, then, you know, that's going to lead to a slower game. And the same thing is going to happen with Kansas City. I mean, maybe Matt Moore implodes and has like a three, you know, interception game from two pick sixes and you get some crazy defensive touchdowns and stuff, but... I'd be I'd, I'm gonna bet on Andy Reid here to um, come up with a really smart game plan, and uh, yeah, so I, I think 48 is way too high. I think we're gonna we're gonna take the under in this game. All right, you heard it. Under in the Green Bay versus the Pat versus the Chiefs game, John. Sure. You must be absolutely crazy. But that's <laughs> I know. why that's that why two weeks ago that's why Vegas. That. Makes money because people look at what happened in the past and not what's about to happen. There you go. Uh, so, boys, the chances of us ever having a show in the timely manner that we want to is long gone. With yeah. that, uh, Eric, do you have a last best bet you want us to cover? Well, I'll just throw this one out quick. Um, now the site I use has my home roads flipped, so I was a lot more confident about this about 20 minutes ago. <laughs> um <laughs> But I, I'll take Philly at Buffalo. Apparently, it's at Buffalo. Um, Correct. Buffalo, Buffalo's kind of tough at home. So you say apparently, like that's like just hidden. That's like something that you need to really be big to know. Like, well, the, <laughs> apparently the worst, they're going to play in Buffalo this week. The worst part is I've used this site seven weeks in a row, and it it just caught up with me today, I guess. But uh, give give me Philly there. I mean, I think I think it's midnight and. You know, Cinderella's shoe's about to fall off. So, give me the Eagles. And, Think about you know, Cinderella a lot, do you? Well, yeah, I do, actually. I have a five-year-old. And, you know, it's dreams can come true. But, uh, <laughs> you know, Philly, they're coming off a tough loss. So, this is a moment for them where, I mean, this isn't statistically based. This is just a man-up moment. So, we're going to find out if Philly's a piece of shit or if they're, they're for real this week. I mean, if they if they show up to play, this is their season. If they lose, there's no way they're getting back in that East. I mean, not in my opinion. Ooh. So, oh, I completely agree with you. And, and, and it, like you said, it's not fact based. If you're going by facts, um, bad news, Philadelphia fans. Your team's over. But yeah, yeah, they look. Your so quarterback's bad pretty week. damn. Your quarterback's pretty damn special. And that offensive line is pretty damn special. And you got two good running backs, but you can't seem to get. It really going. I mean, I know their stats yeah. aren't awful, but I, and you got a great receiving. I don't understand what's going on with that team. The offense should be top of the league. Well, I heard that defense Jeffrey. shouldn't be the bottom of the league by any means. No, it shouldn't be. Ronald Darby will help with that, but yeah, like this team should not be that bad. This team is talent wise right up neck and neck with the Cowboys. But as you'll see in the article I'm going to write this weekend, Dak Prescott is maybe the most underappreciated quarterback. In the history of the NFL, I mean, it's he, just he is good. It's ridiculous. I, yeah. At some point, it, someone might not have the talent, but you just got to say, "Holy shit, that guy wins a lot." 
Well, it's Dallas. It's, he's kind of yeah. like Draymond Green. Yeah, I love. Draymond. I, he's not. He's not special in any one thing. But would you pick him on your team to play for you? I yeah, I'd pick Draymond Green to play for me in two seconds. I mean, he'd be one of my first picks if I'm restarting a team because he can play with literally anybody. Yeah. But you guys yeah. are talking about how important this game is for Philly. You aren't kidding. I mean, you've got you're at the at the Bills this weekend. You've got a home game against the Bears after that, and then bye week, and then they got the Patriots at home and the Seahawks at home. Yeah, I mean, you don't have, win if they, if they drop this Buffalo game. I mean, the Dallas is off this John? weekend, so you're already a game behind, and you and you've lost the tiebreaker so far. And you drop another game and fall two, essentially three games. I mean, that's a killer. You know what Philly really needs to? Uh, the, they need Deshaun Jackson back now. Bad, I mean, real bad. He is so important to that team. The, the ability to stretch the field and take the top off. And I mean, they you saw that throw that um, uh, Wentz made last week, trying to hit a deep one to Aguilar. And Aguilar, it, it just it looks like it just looks like a kid, like in in the street. And you're just like you you whip it, and you you're like, what did you? Are you not interested in catching the ball? I don't understand what we're doing here. I thought we were playing catch, and you seem to not really be interested. Like, he couldn't find it. It was just like, what What are you doing, man? Like, oh, I mean, Jackson. Well, that, oh, he's, he's, he's dreadful. And that was that's a touchdown with uh, Deshaun Jackson on the field. So they really need to get him back, that's for sure. Yeah, they do. I'll, I'll tell you what, way back when Aguilar was drafted, I'm in a dynasty, two dynasty leagues. I scooped that dude up like, uh, mashed potatoes on Thanksgiving, and I'm like, you guys are idiots. This guy's gonna have 140 catches a year, and uh, <laughs> so, yeah, that was that was good. Yeah, <laughs> he sucks. Well, on on that, uh, I like to end uh, segments with Eric looking like an asshole. So him picking up <laughs> Aguilar like mashed potatoes on Thanksgiving is that. We're gonna take a quick break and come back with you for Thrive DFS. We're gonna walk you through that, uh, give you our lineup, and then we're gonna go through the fantasy draft DFS and get help you with your lineup through there. Once again, this podcast is brought to you by ThriveFantasy.com. You can also find it in any app store. Thrive Fantasy takes DFS to a whole new level. Prop betting. What they're going to do is give you a stat of a top 20 player. You pick the over, the under. If you get the over or under right, you get points. If you get points, you win. And if you win, you get money. But there's another way to get money. Use code ATB at sign up and get a free $10 on your first deposit. You help us. You help thrive. You help yourself. We're about to go through and give you some Thrive action. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the rest of the show. We're going to go ahead and help you build an an active lineup for this week because it's a, it's a different concept. It's not like anything that I've ever seen before, but it's fun. And I'm going to go right off the bat. The first, so there's 20 selections. I'm not going to read through all 20 selections. But the one at the very top is Deshaun Watson will pass... For 285 yards, 285 and a half yards, and then you can pick the over or the under. Well, I look at his last, uh, I looked at his last, th- you know, five games. He threw for 351 against a good Chargers secondary. Threw for 160 in that weird game against the Panthers. He threw for 426 against that terrible Falcons. 280 against the terrible Chiefs, and 308 against a 
pretty competent Colts defensive back group. This Oakland team that they're playing has an absolutely atrocious defensive back group. I think that we should go ahead and jump on the over for points for Deshaun Watson. I think that's a given. But what do you guys have to say about that? Agreed. Big time. Uh, Raiders just traded Gary and Conley away. I mean, that's, yeah, that's that's another over that uh, it's 51 and a half points, and that's an over that I'm considering for this weekend. That's That should be a lot of points in that game because Oakland's a little better than people realize too, obviously. We saw they yeah. actually kind of hung around in that game against Green Bay last week. So, yep, fired up. Definitely Watson over 285 and a half. Eric, you yeah. good with that? Yeah, I'm on the over. Oakland, I believe, stops the run fairly well. And yep. So that'll – the only thing is Watson does crater every once in a while, but you got to take the over there if you have to pick one. Give me the over. Eric Bruce Geisler's with the over. Absolutely over. fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I, I the, we'll go we'll go right down to uh, the Josh Jacobs. It's the next one. I don't want to. I don't know if I want to bite on this yet, but seventy three and a half rush yards against that Houston defense. I, I think I like it, but I think that's one that maybe we should revisit because that's not really a clear yes or no in my eyes. What about you guys? Well, how's the, I, how's the ice? Yes. How's the ice oh. work? Did, didn't you say something about an ice cold? So, so ice is just uh, after you pick your ten slots, you pick two just in case you had a late scratch. Okay. Oh, is it's it, like a substitute. Yeah. Jacobs okay. could possibly not even play this week. Uh, I think yeah. he will play, but. I, th- I say we skip that one and come back in a minute. Yeah. I've got one that I think is a definite yes. Uh, Marvin Jones Jr. will have more than one catch. I mean, we'll have one catch. So we got to pick over or under. So either he has zero catches or two catches. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say Marvin Jones against this New York Giants team will probably get more than a catch. That's my gut. And I'm not well, just doing recency bias. It's – him and Kenny Galladay are two very high-level receivers. The problem is they transfer who does the big games back and forth, but Jones had three or four touchdowns just the last game. I, the odds of him getting two catches in this game, I'd say, are pretty damn high. I'm going to I'm gonna take the over. Uh, the only thing that bothers me is anytime I agree with host Chandler Adams, I get a little worried because he's usually uh, way off on everything. But I'm going to go ahead and take the over. <laughs> Um, yeah, well, that's uh, a slam dunk. Excuse me, what did dunk. you just say about me? <laughs> that's anecdotal. I didn't look it up. I didn't look up your record, but I just, I just feel like you're wrong all the time. I first of all, I was by far and away the most right on our best bets pod last week. So you can kick it to the goddamn curb, Eric. Well, I didn't. I didn't. I actually didn't listen to the pod. Um, you didn't have to. You were in the pod. What? Jackass! You were in the podcast. No, I don't think I was. No. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah, you were. So Marvin Jones with the over. Are you, John? Are you with that? Do you think Marvin Jones will likely have more than one catch? Slam dunk, absolutely. Over. All right. So we have deshaun watson over 285 yards marvin jones over a catch and then next one i see that i really like is mitchell trubisky 22 completions i'm taking the under 17 times and backwards oh that is interesting against the la chargers Nagy's calling plays this week does anybody have any feelings about that um i mean they were 
they he's played a game against New Orleans where he called 57 passing. I mean, they had what did they have seven rushing attempts last week in a neutral game script game. Yeah, and he's embarrassed I mean, about the number of runs. So I think yeah, it's it's a good week to fire up Montgomery if you own him. I mean, which is uh, why I think yes, it's it's a good under. Yes, under Trubisky attempts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's attempt or completions. It's completions. Yeah. Oh my God. It's yeah. Then that's a that's twenty two completions. He, yeah. He could throw yeah. the ball forty five times and not complete twenty two of them. I mean, Thank he could. You. Yeah. I must, that, did I say attempts? No, no. I just. I was confused because I was thinking about how many attempts they had last week against New Orleans wow. and what a crazy you know game that ended up being for him. But um, yeah, no, God, no. There's no way he hits 22 completions. That's a great. And I was, I was agreeing with you guys. I was just making small talk. Oh, I got you. <laughs> well, it is a podcast, so good job. Yeah. yeah. How's the weather today? Ooh, Yo, this, this is a this is a good one for you Browns fans, and you got to hear me out. This is an odd stat line. Baker Mayfield will have more than three touchdowns and interceptions combined. I'm taking the over on that because I think this game goes one of two ways. Baker Mayfield's going to have the game that solidifies him back into the number one of that class. Or two, he's going to be seeing Ghost. Now, we can definitely come back and revisit this one, but... I think the odds of Baker getting four touchdowns and interceptions combined is probably pretty good because although we want Nick Chubb as Browns fans to get the ball more, he's already getting the ball like second or third most in the NFL. Can't do much more than that. I think Baker has more than three touchdowns and interceptions combined. What are you guys' thoughts? It's yeah, an odd I mean, stat line. You have, to, you have to take the over for sure because you're either going to get I mean, if you if you have a you know what he's been doing all year, and you have some you know slightly underthrown balls and tip passes and with the weird stuff that's been happening, obviously. I mean, look, he's he's been worse than last year, that's for sure. But he's also been incredibly unlucky with some of these tip balls and stuff like that. So, but and again, you're playing a real you know you're playing a road game against the, the best defense in the NFL. So you could I hate to say it, but you could get this in just the interceptions by itself. And yeah. I think you'd expect one. Maybe two touchdowns. So yeah, this that feels like a pretty good over as well. Eric, it, it it's a risky play, and I'm assuming a push is a loss. Um, yeah, it's a risky play. So you just want to avoid it for right now, and ju- it, you just want to avoid it and come back if we need it. I would like to avoid it, and if I have to take a side, I'll take the over. Um, so yeah, if we come back, okay. just put me on over. If we don't come back. Okay, so we'll go right down to Aaron Rodgers. We'll have more than 259 yards or under. I go over. Uh, This Kansas City offense is, I mean, defense is absolutely terrible. Aaron Rodgers is one of the best to ever do it. I I like Aaron Rodgers. I I don't know. I mean, not like it would sway my decision anymore, but if Devontae Adams is back, this is like a surefire for me. Well, when Alan Lazard... When Alan Lazard starts, Aaron Rodgers averages six touchdowns a game. So you can take that to the bank. <laughs> Context not needed, folks. Just know the stats. I, I'm yep. going Aaron Rodgers over. What do you guys think? You can disagree over. with me, but you will be kicked out. Over. To, uh, what, what's the number? 259? Yep. So he needs 260 in that road game against Kansas City. That is interesting. Um, God, I... I, for some reason, want to say under. Um, and, and only because, not that he's not capable, obviously, but because um, 
the game script might dictate dictate otherwise. I think that, like I said earlier, if uh, if this if this is going to be an under, and I think it will be, um, then I think you're going to get more running in this game. And um, if you end up with a you know a lot of Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams, you just you might not he might not need to do a whole lot too. So that's that's the one thing. But yeah, God, uh, this this is one of my reasonings. In his last four games, he's had four twenty two and a two thirty eight. Uh, 283, and then last week he completed 80% for 429 yards. Yeah. Had a perfect passer rating. Yeah. Five touchdowns. I I just think if you're Matt LaFleur, I know the game script. Like, if you get up, you should run the ball. But I was talking about this with Eric, I think, on the last podcast. What makes a great team great is they don't change around what they do because of what the game is going on. Like, they have a plan. Like, Tom Brady is throwing in the fourth quarter when they're up a thousand points on whoever they might play that week. I think if I'm Matt LaFleur and my quarterback who started out kind of slow is all of a sudden throwing for 400 yards and 80% completion and I'm playing against a bad Chiefs team, I'm putting it up as much as I can on them, getting his getting his quarterback and offense completely clicking. I know that's might not what be hap- that might not happen. But that's what I would do because you want this team to have confidence. And beating the Kansas City Chiefs up in Kansas City, I think that would be a great way to just completely gel this team that has lost one game, but seems like they're just not playing very well. Yeah, I don't know. We, that was a long spiel. But well, since I, we since we don't have consensus, we can um, we we know we have two out of three overs. We can skip it if we need to come back. That's one of our. That's one of okay, our. Okay. Well, plays. here's the problem. We only have three plays right now, and we're running mm-hmm. out. And we're running pretty long on time. All right, then I'll, then I'll concede. I'll, let's go over on that well, one. Because no, there's... We, we don't have to go over. I'm just saying, like, well, we look, should probably pick a side. I'm no, no. Firm. I'm pretty firm on that over. I mean, now okay. any, anything and... can go wrong. Matt Moore imploding would severely screw us. But Yeah, but 258 yards for Rodgers is just a walk in the park. That's my reasoning behind yeah. it. Yeah. I feel good I don't know. It. I no, I, I, listen, I was razor thin, to be honest. I mean, it was a coin flip for me, so I don't mind. I mean, I could be talked – you talk me into the over. It's not – I don't think it's a far cry for, you know, to imagine him with 275 yards in a, in a game. I mean, that's ridiculous. So, yeah, we can take the Chandler. over. Yeah. <laughs> that's what it is. Let's go with that. Yeah. As you oh, should yeah. piece of shit. What? All right, Le'Veon Bell <laughs> will have 66 yards against Jacksonville in Duval. Rushing Over yards? Over or under. Rushing yards. And at, at first, I'm like, yeah, he'll have 66 yards for sure. I don't care what defense he's playing. But if we look back, he had 60 against the Bills, 68 against the Browns on 21 attempts. Mm-hmm. That's three yards per rush. Then he had 35 in the Patriots, 43 against a terrible Eagles team, terrible Eagles D, 50 against the Cowboys, and 70 against the Patriots, which were garbage time runs. I don't think he gets 66 because I think – I think this is going to be a decently close game like John alluded to in the best bets section. And I just don't think Adam Gase's idea of winning is, you know, making Le'Veon Bell the focal point in the run game. I mean, I know he's running a lot, but he's not getting much, He's not getting places when he's running, I guess. I, I think he gets the under on this, but also it's Le'Veon Bell, and he just needs one week to get back into his his form. Yeah, I would I would lean over big time. Um, the hit the history that you just rattled through, 
Um, I mean, the Bills are great run defense. Um, the Eagles have the second or third best run defense in the NFL. It's just their pass defense that's terrible, but their run defense is excellent. They're really, really good up front. Um, and then you've got a lot of games with Luke Falk mixed in there. So you just, I mean, you can't, he can't do anything, obviously. I mean, what, what do you, you know, if you're playing against the Jets with Luke Falk, you're not afraid of anyone but Bell. So there's no reason to do anything but, you know, I'll counter that, box. though. I'll counter yeah. that with Duval saw Sam Darnold throw four interceptions last week. So do they stack the box and make him beat him? I, they could. I just think they're, uh, they're not. They're nowhere near as quality on defense as New England is. That's for sure. So I mean, you, obviously Ramsey's gone. So that's you know a major piece that you don't have to contend with anymore. Um, you know we like we we liked Darnold. We talked about that before as one of the bets. You know the taking the Jets and we like Darnold to bounce back. And yeah, I think this is a. I think it's a good spot for um, uh, for Bell. So I would definitely take the over in this well, game. Look, Jacksonville's defense is nothing to be afraid of. Let's look at Le'Veon's workload. I I don't have the uh, percentage of. Carry, team carries, but I'm guessing it's over 90. And Jacksonville oh, sure. is 21st against the rush, 117 yards per game uh, they're giving up. So if he if he takes the lion's share of the carries and Jacksonville even gives up 75% of their average, he beats the over. Yep. So I'm going to go ahead and throw shade at host Chandler Adams and uh, take the over. I don't see why it's throwing shade at me for disagreeing. But anyway, <laughs> we'll go back and look at the team. But you, you throw out that number of stats that Jacksonville's allowed rushing. But let's look at the context, Eric, asshole Geisler. Okay. They played the Chiefs, who might not have a great running game, but they have running backs that can do it. And um, this guy named Patrick Mahomes open up, opens up the box pretty damn well. Um, then they went to the Texans, who I know – don't have a running game, so Terrible. exclude that one. Then they yep. have the Titans. Mm-hmm. Hate on Derrick Henry all you want. He is fantastic at getting a lot of yards. He is a work. He is a workhorse back there. I um, like Derrick Henry. Yeah, so they've played right there. They've played two teams that can rush the ball, and then they go to Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman. He can run. They can run the ball. Then they go to Christian McCaffrey. He can run the ball a little bit. Then they went to Alvin Kamara. He can run a little bit. Then they went to Joe Mixon. He can run a little bit. So just a little context behind how many yards rushing they've allowed, Eric Giesler. Hmm. Mm. Yeah, that and Bell's mean. as good as any of those guys on that list. So I, I agree. I think you're making oh. you're making our point for us. So um, <laughs> absolutely. Bell has pl- actually played like not even close to any of those guys this year. No, no, I, right. What I'm saying is because of his schedule, because of Luke Falk, because you know what I mean. There's been a lot of issues and stuff. Um, I'm. It's, if you're just going on historical stuff, you're right. Like it doesn't look good, that's for sure. But, but, but we my, don't. My argument we need to project is, it forward. I understand, but Christian McCaffrey has had Kyle Allen, and Kyle Allen's playing good. But Kyle Allen's, truth be told, not that much better than a Luke Falk. Obviously, Luke Falk is awful. But Kyle Allen is not a starting quarterback. Does he not have Christian McCaffrey Ooh. carrying the ball that's thirty a times hot a take. game? I'm going to go yeah, ahead and disagree with you. I, if I were, yeah, Kyle Allen, I'll bet you he's a starting quarterback in the NFL for some other team next year. I bet he doesn't perform well. Mitch Trubisky's a starting quarterback. He's not good. He hasn't thrown an interception yet, sir. Kyle, he, Kyle, Allen. Kyle, Allen, Kyle Allen is a game manager at best. I'll put down a friendly wager right now that Kyle Allen is never a yeah. qual- high-quality starting quarterback. We can oh, take yeah, Le- no, I'm, I'm in the minority. We can take Le'Veon Bell on the over. That's completely fine. I'm just saying – I know the history, but Le'Veon Bell has not played well, and that offensive line is bad, and they're going to stack the box in Jacksonville. But we'll take the over. I mean, we'll I'm take basically the over. 
I'm basically a talent scout, and I've seen a couple uh, Jets okay. games, and Le'Veon still looks like a beast. The Jets kind of they suck a little bit, uh, but when I see he still looks like old school Le'Veon. They just don't have that Steelers line. That's very true. So I mean, that kind of is alluding to the fact that the Steelers' offensive line is why Le'Veon Bell is good. Because it's not a slam. He's dunk. averaging They're, three like, yards. He's averaging three yards per carry. He's I mean, like, it's just a, it's a little alluding because Christian McCaffrey doesn't have an elite offensive line or quarterback, and he's so it's almost I I don't know I'm still on the Le'Veon Bell train, but it's almost like it's it, the question should be swirling like is he what he is because of who he was with? Oh, yeah, I think that's definitely, definitely a legit question. He's yeah. still good, but he's not he's not ever going to reach that level again. I mean, that was no. all pro line to Castro and. Yep, uh, Pouncy. Yeah. Yep. No, yeah. you're right. It's very that's very true. I just I just think that like I said, it's uh what's called the this is Jacksonville's defense is not to be feared at all. And uh what's you I just I mean the sixty, you know, that's not a whole lot of yards to have to get and uh, you know. I, Taylor, I like it. Chandler made some good points too. I'm just trying to enjoy myself over here. I mean Yeah, that's fine. I, I see not. I actually I actually disagree a little I mean I, I don't disagree with your decision i just disagree that the jacksonville defense isn't very good i think they've played really good offenses so far the the broncos joe flacco is actually the best play action and deep ball thrower in the nfl this year by a wide margin so that's a fact that nobody knows because i didn't know that until ben fennel on twitter posted that's mind-blowing they played the chiefs they played the texans who they held the 13 but they laid an egg uh they've played the panthers with christian mccaffrey they've played the saints so I don't know. The Jaguars are a really weird team because they have all the players. Uh, they're kind of just like the Browns like on defense. They have the talent, but where the hell is it? Mm-hmm. Hey, we got to move on to the next thing. Le'Veon Bell, over 66 yards, folks. Mark it Ooh. down. All right. Next one, I'm going to go ahead and say under right away. I don't think it needs much explanation. Jared Goff, 298 yards. Bengals get ran on. Like I'm, I was about to say something really, really disturbing. But they get run on. All the time. I think Todd Gurley goes off for more than 100 yards. I don't think Jared Goff has enough throws to go 298 yards. Uh, agreed, for sure. That it, He might not even – even if he has a great game, he might not need to throw for 300 yards. I, you'd have to have probably two or three really big plays, like 65-yard touchdowns or something like that to, for this to go over. And that, I I'm, I mean, are you predi- are we predicting that? Are we counting on that? There's no way. So, Yeah. yeah. Rushing, rushing offense is going to prevail on this one for sure. So under on that one, Eric, I'll go under. He's actually gone under that number one, two, three, four, five times this year. Oh, and yeah. If they jump out early, they will sit on the ball, but under. Yep. Yep. And now we're up to Chris Godwin in Tennessee, 85 yards. I don't love this play because like I said earlier, I love Tennessee's defense, especially that secondary, but. Chris Godwin is just the man that never fails to haunt my dreams. Um, I, I, I'm i not the only one out there. Chris Godwin, this Mike Evans, Chris Godwin thing is has ruined lives. It's ruined friendships. It's ruined human beings. Um, yeah. So I don't want to vote against him. I'm going to say Chris Godwin gets more than 85 yards because Jameis Winston doesn't have to have a good game to throw that many yards. And he's gone over 100 yards one, two, three, four times. And he's gone over 150 yards twice. So, I like Chris Godwin getting 85 yards. I don't feel real safe on this call, 
But I do think Tennessee is actually going to score this week quite a bit, so I'm going to lean towards the over as well. Because they'll, they'll uh, be playing, they'll be playing air ball. Eric, that's a great point. Um, yeah, I mean you're gonna you're gonna see. Well, Tampa Bay, uh, oddly enough, is one of the better run defenses in the NFL, which is just totally bizarre. I mean, you don't. Yeah, they're think top about five. It. Yeah, it's crazy. So pass funnel wise, if you're if you think that Tannehill at home is gonna have you know a decent game and look good and they're gonna score points and obviously that was one of the bets that we talked about earlier was Tennessee minus two and a half. Um, then, you know, Tampa Bay can't run the ball, that's for sure. I mean, they're just awful with Jones and uh, Peyton Barber, and I can't believe they haven't made a trade. I keep waiting to see, you know, Melvin Gordon or some running back ending up on uh, Tampa Bay, which would just be phenomenal, but uh, I don't know if that's going to happen. I, we can hope and pray. But anyways, um, yeah, I mean, if, if, it, if it's that kind of a game and Tampa Bay's, you know, playing from behind a little bit, then Godwin, I mean, he's the number two wide receiver in fantasy, and he's had his bye week. I mean – He's phenomenal. He's absolutely yeah. phenomenal. I mean, he was my guy this year. I got him in every league I possibly could, and I'm just I'm loving life with him. W- love watching Tampa Bay. Love watching him play. So, uh, yeah, let's go over, man, for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All in agreement. Chris Godwin on the over for 85 yards. Uh, now we got we got uh, some hard decisions to make. Um, I guess we'll start with whew, Christian McCaffrey. 128 yards, rushing and receiving combined, which seems super, super easy, but it's in San Francisco, who's proven to be a way better defense than I expected, I'll admit it. But I'm still kind of leaning towards the over because, I mean, Christian McCaffrey's been that good this year. He's, just rushing-wise, been over 120 yards three times. He's had 90 once, but then he's had... Two bad games against the Buccaneers, which proves how good the Buccaneers are. He's literally averaged one and two yards per carry against the Bucks both times. Wow. But uh, I I like the over on this because I, I feel like McCaffrey can get 80-plus yards running. I feel like he can get 45, 50 yards receiving. But I would not feel – I would feel good either way, to be honest. Hmm. So it's – what's the number? And it's total yards? 128 total yards. So he's got to get 130. I mean, how do you bet against uh, McCaffrey? What I mean, what are they going to do on offense? I mean, they have to get. I don't know. I, I just don't. I'm not. They're going to have to get some yards, I would imagine. And you know, yes, San Francisco's defense is good. This is another game, though. To be honest with you, like I, this might be. This yep. might end up in best bets as well. Carolina getting six, like. Carolina's defense is really solid. Allen's been playing well. Like I said, he hasn't. He's fumbled uh, quite a bit, but he hasn't thrown an interception yet. Um, yeah, I mean, it, I I don't know. It's hard to bet against McCaffrey and 128, 130 is a lot. But I I, I just don't. I don't think DJ Moore and, and um, uh, Samuel's are going to have uh, uh, Curtis Samuel's going to have a great game. So yeah, let's go. Let's go over with this one. Yeah, I'm not betting right. against. I'm not betting against CMC, and I I do think Carolina could win that game outright. I didn't take them in the locks because I didn't want to bury the lead. It's a big story. Yeah. All right, so we're all in agreement. CMC uh, will go over 128 yards. Um, just a quick little snippet. Kyle Allen's uh, – playing at a 63.1 pff grade baker mayfield is about a 73 so that shows you about how bad kyle allen really is uh, on to the next play which only helps our McCaffrey. um 
Yeah, I, I'm all in on McCaffrey. Yeah, um, I'm not all in on Kyle Allen or Jacoby Brissett. <laughs> so we'll go to Jacoby Brissett at Indianapolis versus Over. Denver. Twenty-two completions. Twenty-two <laughs> completions, though. Um, I don't know because I think that they can get up big on the Broncos, and I think they'll run Marlon Mack a lot. Twenty-two completions. Boy, this one. 22 that's, completions. That's tough. That's a really tough one. To put that in perspective, he's had over 22 completions three times this year against Houston, bad secondary. Against Oakland, terrible secondary. Against Atlanta, terrible secondary. Against Kansas City, he had 18 completions. Against Tennessee, he had 17. And against the Chargers in week one, he had 21. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I like I like Brissett, but this is a Marlon Mack game. I'm going under yep. all day, all day. Agreed. I think that's a really good call. Yeah, Marlon Mack a lot, and uh, I just I I do like Indy in this game as well. I like uh, the Colts laying what is it now six points, I believe. So yeah. Um, yeah, and if that's the case, then I think you'd have to go under with that. All right, Denver's. boys, we're on to our ice picks. We're gonna make these ice picks quick so we can get in and do the DFS and get out because this episode is looking like it's gonna be about two hours if we don't hurry. So all right, with the ice picks. The one I the one I really like is um Michael Thomas, eighty five yards. Uh I they play this is music to your ears if you're a Saints fan. They play the Cardinals, who do have Patrick Peterson, but some stats for you from Michael Thomas. He's had I'm gonna count the games he's had over um eighty five yards. Game week one, yes. Week two, yes, week three, no. Week four, yes. Week five, yes. Week six, yes. Week seven, yes. He's had under 89 yards one time. Wow. I, against Cardinals, Patrick Peterson or not, I am eating that up because Michael Thomas has done it against He's done it against the Bears. He's done it against the Buccaneers. He's done it against the Jaguars. He's done it against the Rams. He's done it against the Cowboys. All fine and dandy defenses and this carolina this cardinals defense is bad patrick peterson and byron murphy are a good tandem but they can't do it all i think um, over 85 yards for michael thomas gam- gambling on wide I actually kind of like that as in yeah gambling on wide receivers is can be i don't care how smart you are it can blow up but you got to go over here it's just it's just what it is I kind of like Michael Thomas now as not an ice pick. Now I look at his stats. He's had this every week but one. Now he plays Arizona well, in look New at the, Orleans. Look at the target share with Bridgewater. I mean, yeah, it's like he's the only guy on the field. I I don't know about you guys, but would you guys feel more safe with Le'Veon Bell's pick? Or or maybe even I, I would almost take out Baker's three-touchdown interception thing. Yes. I like this yeah. better than that. I'd rather have Thomas is over in there for sure. That, than, that uh, Baker's, Baker, that Baker one's too complicated. I think like, it's a good ice pick, though. I mean, yeah, it's a good ice total pick. touchdown. Okay. Yep. All right, so we got Michael Thomas. We're agreeing on that. I'm gonna go through real quick the couple last ones we have that we can pick for our last ice. I'll just run through them. You guys, if you hear one, Tyreek Hill, 80 yards over under. Julian Edelman, 76 yards over under. Cortland Sutton, one touchdown over under. 
George Kittle and Zach Ertz. It doesn't have to be combined. They both just have the same thing. Six total receptions over under. And Phillip Rivers, one touchdown. I mean, no, Phillip Rivers, one interception over under. Daniel Jones, two touchdowns against Detroit over under. Chris Carson, 101 yards, rushing and receiving in Atlanta. Oh, God, I like How many yards? Oh, boy. 100. Yeah, we got to take Carson, dude. Yeah, rushing and receiving? Can we take out um, Le'Veon Bell and do Chris, or even McCaffrey and pick Carson as one of ours and do sure. those ice? Who do you guys like more? Le'Veon Bell at 66 yards or Christian McCaffrey 128 yards rushing and receiving? Uh, yes. I would say <laughs> Bell, I like that more just because it's against the worst defense and it's less yards. I mean, sure. McCaffrey do- could have 125 and have a really good game and we'd lose. You know what I mean? All right, so we've got our we've got our roster. I'll yeah. get it posted for all of you out there listening, but I'll 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 post it. I'll say it real quick. Deshaun Deshaun Watson with the over. Chris Godwin with the over. Marvin Jones with the over. Mitch Trubisky with the under. Chris Carson with the over. Thomas with the over. Jared Goff with the under. Le'Veon Bell with the over. Ice pick Christian McCaffrey with the over. Jacoby Brissett with the under. Ice pick Baker with the over. Aaron Rodgers with the over. That my friends it's quite good that's quite good i really yeah, like that's that that's pretty fun thrive yeah, fantasy a lot very cool very cool we're so now that we're done with thrive fantasy we're gonna just jump right in to fantasydraft.com the best rake free dfs site there is they don't take your money like DraftKings. we're we'll just if you guys are on the platform we'll start with quarterback right away um I was going through this earlier, and I like one that's kind of a shot in the dark. Mason Rudolph, 10,700 against Miami. The only thing that scares me is it's a primetime game. Um, yeah, I mean. It's a shot in the dark. No, but. it is. And he's got, I mean, he's playing the Dolphins, obviously. And, you know, you. The, I think the the player, all the quarterbacks playing the Dolphins is the quarterback one in fantasy football. Like they're just if you put all those stats together, the the QB one over Mahomes and everybody. I mean, it's just incredible. So, but um, I don't know. I was. I mean, what about a? Um, I, I don't love it. So, what about a Seattle stack? What about um, Russell Wilson and Tyler Lockett against Atlanta? Yeah. Okay. Yep. I guess I'll bite on that one. That was hard. That's not bad. I mean, Wilson's only it's thirteen nine, so you're spending up a little bit. But I just don't. With the way that running back and receiver is structured this week, I don't think you really need to worry about saving much money. I guess I'll say this. The only thing that scares me is I think they're going to really try to get Chris Carson going no matter how bad this Atlanta secondary is. So Russell Wilson's stack scares me. I know that Atlanta's secondary is bad. I, Gosh. I I mean, if we're struggling I almost like Teddy Bridgewater as well against Arizona. Mm -hmm. How much is he? He's 11. 11 even. Okay. And we could do a Bridgewater. I mean, we could do a Bridgewater Thomas stack. Well, if we do that, then you got to throw Ted Ginn in too, because he's only seventy three hundred, and he's going to see Byron Murphy. Uh, I looked this up too, just to be sure. Um, Murphy's given up three hundred and thirty six receiving yards and three touchdowns this year. I mean, he's been real bad, real bad. So right. if you do right. see a lot of Peterson on Thomas, then Ginn's like a really nice play there. I mean, if do I'm going to do. If, Go I'm ahead, going expen- if I'm going expensive this week, I want Deshaun Watson. And if I'm going cheap, I want Tannehill. Those are 
I'll I'll, I'll roll with. Oh, I like Tannehill. I like Tannehill. Yeah. Those are my I top like end, my bottom end. Um, All right, John, are I'll, you okay with the player. Tannehill? I'm a team player. You guys want to go well, somewhere else? That's fine. Well, ten thousand base value is good, and temp- Tampa Bay has let up more than three touched, more than two touchdowns to a quarterback the last five games. And Tennessee has yeah. the greatest wide receiver of all time, Corey Davis. If you say it's Corey Davis, you're an idiot. <laughs> I love Corey all right. Davis. Love him. So, wide receiver stack with Tannehill. I actually like AJ Brown over Davis this week. Um, I know Davis expect? sucks. I just we go way back, me and him. Yeah, you guys friends. I like AJ Brown this week against that team. Um, I think we need to go at least one wide receiver from that um, Tennessee team. As much as I don't like picking a Tennessee wide receiver, it's kind of hurting me to say it. But well, let me throw know. a curveball in then real fast. Uh, so if we, I like Tannehill. If we're gonna save money at quarterback, which that's totally fine, then we're gonna be able to spend up, you know, pretty much everywhere else. I agree. And with so. That. Instead okay. of going with one of the uh, Tennessee wide receivers, what about – so Jonu Smith is only 5,500 at tight end. Uh, Tampa Bay has been dreadful versus the tight end all season long. Um, Delaney Walker's banged up, so he's not going to play. So you're going to get – you get a little mini stack. You get a cheap option at tight end. So then you can really – you just – we can spend up at the two running back spots, the two wide receiver spots, the two flex spots. And there's even good defenses this week. You talked me into it like last week. I if we're gonna spend up at running back, I like James Conner at Pittsburgh against Miami. I know he's been wildly disappointing this year, but sixteen point sixteen point nine fantasy points a game, fourteen five hundred for running back. I I don't know. Against Miami's defense, I don't see I want to play we have to play a Steelers team against this. It's the rule of fantasy. Eric said it best. If you're if you're reading a waiver wire or even a sit start sit play the miami dolphins that's the rule yeah yeah mm-hmm. and it's tough this week but it it just is what it is mason rudolph i know i somebody was saying his name earlier and it's probably a good play it's just really hard because i'm a steelers fan it's i don't he's really let me down yeah <laughs> if you guys aren't good with james connor that's fine but i just think it's a weird like running it. back week i'd be i'd be okay with a james connor the, the problem Chris is, Carson or Aaron Jones. I'd like Aaron Jones there too. The yes. problem is we went Johnny Smith and Tannehill, so we have all this money. Do we really want to fade mm-hmm. Barkley? Um, I don't like. I, I just don't. I, I don't want to buy Barkley right now for sixteen thousand two hundred because this Detroit team is just and just so much rage is built up. Something needs something needs to go right for Detroit. Um. They were having the Aside most from Detroit. Kirk Cousins having, Kirk Cousins had the best game of his life against them. Aaron Rodgers came in and uh, paid the refs before the game, got them to lose. Detroit, I think, is going to go off this game. I, I just that defensive front's too good to keep being one of the worst run defenses. I don't like Barkley there. I'd rather go, you know, wide receiver. If I'm, I if we're saving all this money, I would love a. Michael Thomas, DeAndre Hopkins. I know you don't like um, – well, I know I'm Eric cool loves that. to play Hopkins. Yeah. I'm just – Michael Thomas, I don't care who he's matching up against. He's been the most consistent receiver in the NFL this year. Well, and he's going to – he'll move inside. He'll They'll line him up in the slot a lot. And I P- Peterson's not going to follow him in the slot. There's no, no. way they do that. So no. so that's another advantage with him. So, no. All right. So just like I that. was watching – 
I was watching the I was I clicked through the channel, saw that heard today say that Stephen Gilmore, Stefan Gilmore was going to follow um Jarvis Landry around wherever he went. And I don't think I don't know if um Cowherd knows that Jarvis is a slot corners. Gilmore's one of the best man outside corners. I don't know if he watches, but that was a really weird that was like saying that uh, Jalen Ramsey's gonna you know, cover a tight end the whole game. I don't understand, but sorry. I'm just a little rant. If anything, our, right now our team is stacking up to be playing against the worst of their opposition so far. Tannehill playing against Buccaneers. James Conner, if we went that way, against Miami. If we went Michael Thomas Hopkins, they're playing against Arizona and Oakland, two terrible defenses, and Jonu Smith. So I, if, that, if that's the way you guys want to go, we can. If not, let's rewind it. No, that sounds good to me. No, I like spinning up at receiver, and I like Hopkins this week. So who do you – if we spend all that money – I mean, saved all that money at quarterback and tight end, do you guys want to go Aaron Jones against Kansas City? Uh, Jones is good. Fournette's a good one to have. Carson, for almost for certain, Carson's got to be in there. Yeah, I'm okay. all in on Carson. Okay. We it, can do – we can try to get Aaron Jones in the flex if that's something you guys want. Yeah, I don't hate that. Yeah, for sure. Well, I want to look at his game log real quick, make sure I'm not doing a little recency bias. Who, Jones? Yeah, because he had that. The four-touchdown game. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but that's why I Mm -hmm. like him. I love guys that can go boom. So, I mean, last week he only had 50 rushing yards, but he ended up getting 18 points because of his receiving game. You know, he's had 52 points, 28 points, 17, 15, 20. I mean, he's... He's up and down. He can, he's solid, but he's going to boom. Like, I don't think he has – I think his floor is very high in that system. Absolutely. Yeah, they're going to score. They're going to score this week. Okay. So, I yep. mean, there we got that right here. Um, let's see. No, we can't do that. Um, let's, let's get our defense real quick. So, we probably want to go a little cheap on defense so we can get a little better of a flex player. I look and see Detroit at 5,200 against the Giants. I love that play. Yep. Uh, yeah, I like the Chargers the against the Bears as well. Yeah. The only the Chargers on the road, so I'm not crazy about that. But Detroit's yeah. at home, and they got, uh, what's his name, Danny Dimes coming in, who's yeah. basically – we need a n- new nickname for him because he's been awful. So. <laughs> All right, yeah. so, we, so we're so we going Detroit. Um, second week in a row, if we would have went Saints last week and, like, somebody vouched for on the show, <laughs> we would have done much better. <laughs> what is that, Eric? Am I always the wrong one, though? No, I wasn't on last week. That was uh, that was probably what? John. That was that no. other guy. That was definitely that was John. Eric that said Some... we need to go with the Lions. No, I deleted I the no. I deleted it, so I won't be able to listen to it. But it, pretty sure it was John. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. So at the flex here, we're sitting with eight thousand left. Uh, not a lot. We're not going to be able to go get a stud, obviously. But we've already got a couple of them. So. We, I know John doesn't like. I mean, I know Eric doesn't like this. Hunter Henry's eighty. I mean, eight thousand exactly. Danny Amendola and Philip Dorsett are also eight thousand. Danny is against the Giants. Philip Dorsett's against Cleveland. I like all three of those plays, to be honest. I like Dorsett. Mm, do we have? Um, yeah, you like Dorsett the best out of those. Out, out of those, that list, yeah. Okay. But, See, I think I'd lean toward Henry or Amendola. 
Yeah, I'm not. I'm not crazy about Amendola. Um, Henry. So using. So we we'd have a tight end in the flex spot. I, mean, I don't like that. Yeah, I don't. I'm not crazy about that either. Twenty fantasy points per game. Yeah. No, I know, and you're right, but I mean they're on the road. That's Chicago. I, I mean Chicago hasn't been great on defense, obviously. So, but um, yeah, he's hot right now. Um, that's true. What about we don't so we, we don't have Ted Ginn in, correct? We do we do not have him in the lineup. Oh yeah, that's right. You wanted Ted Ginn. What about? Uh, I mean, it's seventy three hundred, so it's a good option. For well, Daryl Henderson Jr. could be a good one against uh, Cincinnati. How much do they have Ty Johnson at? Uh, oh, there do, you go. Do, 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 do. Uh, ten, ten, one. Oh, that's a little yeah, price. Ten thousand one hundred. Yeah. I. Yeah, I don't know. That's. JD McKissick, maybe. Some of the lower price nah, guys are like Tyler Boyd, DK Metcalf. Um, we only have eight grand. Yeah. See, I don't have the list in front of me. All um, right, so Chandler, run through the lineup real fast. Who do we got in in what positions so far? Yeah. So we have Tannehill. Connor, who we could always knock down Connor, and I would be okay with that. Okay. Chris Carson, Thomas Hopkins, uh, John O. Smith, Aaron Jones. I, I'm I'm putting my foot down for Aaron Jones, though. And then the Lions. If we cut out James Connor, we'd have 11000 per for a running back. and I mean, probably two running backs because we have a running back and a flex spot open. So if we did that, we could go with I'm trying to find someone around it. We can go with Marlon Mack, but it's against Denver. But it's in it. It's in Indianapolis. Denver's just kind of middle of the road. So just I'm just putting one out there. If we put Marlon Mack in there, then at flex we'd be able to get. Um, let's see, the highest price player would be Robert Woods against Cincinnati. Uh, people like Chark against the Jets. Let's see, Latavius Murray against Arizona. <coughs> what do you guys what do you guys minds at? Well hmm. if if um Kamara doesn't play, Latavius is a fine play. Yeah, Kamara is listed as questionable. Yeah, and, that, and Drew Brees might even play, they're saying now, which is probably not gonna happen, but the they're That'd be saying weird that. if they did. They're they gotta buy next week, and, so that'd be I- stupid. How much does Connor cost? Fourteen five hundred. Fourteen five. Okay, it's pretty expensive. So, what about dropping him? Because I mean, I think he's going to play, but the other problem with him is that he he is a little banged up, and if they get any kind of a lead, it might you might just see Benny Snell play a ton of that game. Yeah, yeah, I have him dropped right now. I have yeah. uh, Marlon Mack and Chris Carson as our running back. So now we have eleven thousand five hundred for um, a flex player. So that could be a receiver. Um, or running back and then something else we could also do it's completely up to you guys is we can chris i mean chris carson i like him a lot but i i just there's something about him that's like you're just kind of driving me nuts he's thirteen thousand three hundred. if we went back up to running back and changed him out for like a i hate to do this james white is a cheap good option against the cleveland defense that can't stop Running backs that can receive. I'm just throwing this out there. James White at running back, and then at flex, you have fourteen thousand six hundred, which could get you someone like um, James Conner or Julio Jones or Todd Gurley against Cincinnati. How about Fournette? Fournette, we need to shave off one hundred dollars. So 
the best way to do that would be we go right back to the defense. We had Detroit in there. Um, if we go four net against the Jets, our defense we'd have 5,100 left, and we're looking at the the Jets, the Buccaneers, the Chargers. I kind of like the Chargers honestly. Um, I like the Chargers to you this week. Carolina and San Francisco. I kind of like that to be honest. Um, hmm. That's about the last thing I like. Yeah, I mean, defense is a bit of a crapshoot anyway. So. Honestly, Cleveland's defense is 3,900. I'm just saying, everyone knows that the Patriots' offense hasn't clicked yet. I, I don't no. know. Denzel and Greedy. Denzel and Greedy are back. For 3,900, it's something. Yeah. I think the Chargers. I mean, I'd rather go with the Chargers, and then we can squeeze Fournette in. All right. Um I mean, volume-wise, he's just, you know, him and guys like him and Carson just. Yeah, we um, have, yep, we have Fournette in. I like so, that. Do, 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 do. All right. I can't believe I love Fournette now. I'm like the biggest Fournette hater, and I he's in my top five. Oh, you got to have him there. Absolutely. I know. The truth yep. don't lie. Yep. At some Oof. point. <laughs> That's awesome. Truth don't lie. Nice. All right. So, uh I yep. just feel like leaving out Latavius Murray is going to bite us in the ass. And we did that last week, too. I thought we suggested him. I thought we had him in at the end. No, we bailed because of me. No. Ah. I had my yeah. worst week ever last week. I'm shaking. I started watching basketball. <laughs> yeah. Nah, you're bouncing back this week. <laughs> you're bouncing back right now. So, okay. So we got it. Uh, we got it squared away. Yeah, I, I know you guys don't. I like that. I think that Browns defense is going to actually play well against the Patriots. But we got Tannehill, Mack, James White, Michael Thomas, DeAndre Hopkins, John U. Smith, Aaron Jones, Leonard Fournette, and the Los Angeles Chargers. And we will post both of these online in an article. I know we didn't do that last week, but we will get around to do it this week. With that being said, do either of you turds have anything else to say? Um, let's see, uh, go to, uh, atbsports.net for all of our writing. Uh, my best bets article should be out tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Um, and then I've got another one coming out, hopefully this weekend. I'm trying to get it out as fast as possible. Uh, it's going to be, uh, we're going to talk about the NFL and some scary movies Yay. since it's, uh, Halloween time. So, Ooh. uh, yeah, we're gonna have some fun with that one. So, looking forward to that. Um, I am. Uh, my, my name is John Kaufman. You can follow me at Cleveland Spider, and that's Spider with a Y, F P Y D E R, on Twitter. Uh, jump on board. Eric, what do you got to say? Oh, I'm ready for Week Eight. You can follow me at um, at ATB Goose, capital G. And Corey Davis, baby, be real, be real, Corey. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Some breaking news. Uh Eric Giesler still sucks. All right. Thank you guys for listening this week. (laughs) Phenomenal. Thank you once again for listening. You can find us at www.atbsports.net. You can find me on Twitter at Chandler Adams with two S's. You can find us on Facebook, ATB Sports Network. You can find us on Instagram, ATB Sports Network. You can find us on Twitter, ATB Sports Net. We're everywhere. We're watching you. No, but go to thrivefantasy.com as well and use code ATB at sign up for a free $10. Please DM, text, call, message us with any 
viewer questions you might have, or if you're looking to start a podcast, like we said at the end of the episode, ATB at sign up, thrivefantasy.com or in the Thrive Fantasy app.